When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford come right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcasts and hopefully you'll catch melinda and i talking about netflix playstation and more on our latest shows where go ahead catch it it's great really liked it have a lot of fun go ahead and catch it along with inside sports fantasy football Hopefully, Joe will join Chris and I this week as we talk about the Super Bowl coming up here and our thoughts on the game itself. So go ahead and catch that this week coming up on Inside Sports Fantasy Football Plus also as well. Of course, speaking of Joe Soro, later tonight, 10 p.m. Pacific, I've already got it scheduled. Go ahead and join Mr. Frank Lopez here, a.k.a. Joe Soro, Oxide247 at LakersBall.com and Simblades.com. For Lakers Nightcap with Joe Soro coming up here at 10 p.m. Plus also as well, of course, our good friends, Empire Jeff TV, who I'm sure is on right now as well. Lakers in five. I think they're on as well, probably too. Of course, Lakers corner John Costa is not going to be here today, but he swears he's going to be here for the Charlotte post game. Also as well, Clutch Talk and John McCallion channel. Support all those great channels. And please, speaking of supporting, if you're not yet liked and subscribed, Please do so to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. We've got a lot of stuff this upcoming week. We've got planned for you. So if you want more Lakers Fast Break, you're going to get it. NBA trade deadline week right here. And also the Kobe statue dedication. We've got plans for that as well right here at the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, the Lakers coming off that great victory in Boston with the uncertainty going on now with LeBron being mum on whether or not he's going to pick up the option and his hourglass tweet, head into the bright lights of the Big Apple, New York City, NYC, and MSG, Madison Square Garden, where the famous, well, actually one of the most, if not the most famous arena in all the planet, heading in there for a matchup, primetime matchup against the New York Knicks, who have won nine in a row and are just fighting for second place in the Eastern Conference. What will the Lakers do? They've got LeBron and AD back in the lineup. A major change in the starting lineup. Although we got to see, whether you liked it or not, a lot of Prince down the stretch. He did hit some shots. You got to give him that. But Torian Prince coming off the bench for Rui Hashimura in the starting lineup. Would that change the fortunes of the Lakers? We saw a little bit of that today. The Lakers and the Knicks back and forth. No team got out to a double-digit lead. And the Lakers were still behind, though, at the end of third quarter. And 
I heard the famous words by Mike Breen on ABC saying that the Knicks had only lost once when leading into the fourth quarter, and that doomed them, per se? Well, I'll tell you what, the Lakers stepped it up defensively. Today was an issue of defense. I'm going to give credit to uh, players I've not been able to give credit to for playing solid defense. I'm going to give credit to Max Christie. I'm going to give credit to Austin Reeves. I'm going to give credit to Torian Prince for playing hard-nosed defense. AD, two block shots back-to-back right in a row. Four block shots for him, 18 rebounds in total on a game that they needed his rebounding with one of the best rebounding teams in the league. LeBron James in the bright lights of the big city, 24 points. Just another day at the office for him, but we got enough from him. D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves combined 34 points and 11 assists. Torian Prince, 16 points coming off the bench. This is the Torian Prince everybody wanted to see. 32 minutes, maybe a little bit too much, but hey, still got the job done. Rui Hashimura, though, 19 minutes starting, only got seven. But the Lakers, with good performances again from Jackson Hayes, Max Christie, And again, just a complete team performance on the defensive end. Really, really did a good job there as they pull out a victory over the New York Knicks. And here today to discuss, good man indeed, he is the guy behind Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is, of course, Frank Lopez, a.k.a. the guy that doesn't want to talk cocaine. As we had to talk cocaine and tell Kubro, not only what is cocaine, but tell him not to use cocaine after you watch Scarface today. It is Joe Sorrow. And Joe, great to have you here. Hopefully, <laughs> R.I.P. Tony, Tony Montana. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. Al Pacino's done well after that, so it's all good. But Joe... He means rest in pieces, yes. That is. Yeah, he, he did. He did at the very end. But let me ask you this. This is the kind of defensive performance we've asked the Lakers to go ahead and put together for four quarters in quite some time. After a very spirited victory in Boston, they get exactly what the doctor ordered today. Uh, Yes, this is the second game this week where the Lakers played a game that was NBA excellence. The New York Knicks played very well up until the last few minutes, but it looked like they might have ran out of gas. Uh, possibly with the combination of of the phenomenal defense that the Lakers were implementing, and uh, you know when you when you have a team that plays defense that well and only has five turnovers, you're you're probably going to get a pretty darn good result. And I got to give uh, Darvin credit. Uh, I'm sure he had the itch to put D'Angelo back in there towards the end, but unfortunately, D'Angelo Russell doesn't do defense as well and I thought his lineup to close out the the game was the right lineup to go with and Torian Pence did help us out in hitting some 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 important shots there at the end despite some of the fumbles that he did have yes but same thing same thing with Christie couple mistakes but still some clutch play and clutch defense from him today uh the both Torian and and especially Max Christie, need to just take a breather. So I, I can, I can, you can tell that they were, they were, their, their head was ahead of their legs in some of those uh, instances. And that's, especially for Max Christie, it's, it's part of the learning process. But 
overall, I thought there were integral parts of why the, the team played well on uh, well tonight and especially on defense as well. Very, very entertaining game. I, mo- I watched most of it on uh, mobile. Uh, and then finally, I was able to watch the last uh, quarter at home in front of the TV. And then I was able to join in there towards the, the back half of the fourth. It was, it, was, it was a very entertaining game. The Knicks are a very good team, coached by a very good coach. And Darvin Ham had a, a successful uh, 48 minutes of coaching tonight. I, I, I would say this is probably one of his better games in terms of coaching and rotations. Uh, it's nice. It's nice, guys. This is something that we were hoping we could get throughout the first 51 games uh, in, in, in much bigger spurts. But we'll take what we can take right now. You have Charlotte next to end the Grammy trip. If you beat Charlotte, you come out of this 4-2 and two and beating some really good teams. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I think I think we we felt that a four and two record coming out of the Grammy trip would be a would be elating, <laughs> uh, elation I should say. Uh, I had predicted two and four. That's because I didn't expect them to beat the Knicks and and you got to admit, as I Boston. told Tyrone earlier, that it wasn't looking too good coming out of Atlanta, man. No, it wasn't. It actually wasn't looking good out of Houston. Atlanta was the clincher, but the the issue with those games is, uh, you know, the Lakers tend to punt a lot during the year to preserve their players. The issue is they don't have enough room to punt. So we're kind of in that mode of they have to win. And if they don't, we're just going to teeter here and hovering around 500. And we're going to be a 10th seed in the end if we keep doing that. But if the Lakers beat Charlotte, go back home, get it, you know, you know, getting four and two or winning four out of six on the road. That, I, you got to say that's a, that's a, that's progress. And then there is a Denver and a New Orleans waiting for you when you get home, but at least they'll be sleeping in their own bed. And maybe if we can get uh, one of those two games, uh, that, that, that would be nice. Uh, although both games would be nice at home. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. <laughs> this this chat, world's best Lakers chat that's out there, Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glassford along with Joe Sorrell. Please go ahead and make sure you like and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. The Lakers win 105-98. Again, on the offensive end, it was not the prettiest, Joe, uh, especially in that third quarter. But i tell you what, they did enough to put it together. Anthony Davis... Did not have the offensive game you obviously asked for. Only eight points tonight. But my God, the focus on the defense. No, he had eight. No, eight points. Four or 12 shooting. He had 12. I'm telling you, he had eight. I'm looking at the box score. It's 12. I'm looking at the box score on ESPN. No, that's wrong. It's uh, all right. It's twelve. There you go. Just got flashed up. Yeah, there you go. You remember he took those two or those. Yeah, the the free throws. throws. Yeah, 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 you're right. 12 points, 18 18 rebounds, 5 assists and 4 block shots. On to the, me on this is the perfect this is the perfect AD game. And yeah. it was perfect in the sense of he just showed on national television on Saturday uh in the biggest arena that's ever lived in uh, in America at least. He just showed the world that when AD wants to shut you down, he's going to shut you down. 
So I expect you writers out there that have a vote, make sure you pencil in Mr. Davis as defensive player of the year here, barring any major injury, because I'm about tired of you guys not giving this guy his, what his belongs to. And tonight, I don't give a damn how many points he had. All I know is that guy was a menace, a menace. They were, they were, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. They didn't know how to shoot. They were done. Anyone that got to the rim towards the end there, they're like, (laughs) they didn't know what to do. Even Jalen Brunson was worried about getting blocked with his little floater. So I thought it was a brilliantly executed game from, from beginning to end. Yes, they had a little bit of a lapse there in the third quarter, but every home team that has talent like the Knicks is going to make a little bit of a run. The important part is, can you weather it? And they weathered it very well. They stayed there. They were tight on them. And then, of course, as soon as the floodgates opened, boom, they just kept, they just kept hammering them. And this is, this is the beautiful part. This is my, these are my favorite type of games. Grit and both teams are playing hard and you have uh, a crowd that's very, very knowledgeable in terms of basketball and you're in a, star-studded arena as well with, with, you know, all the guys there, all the popular people in New York. Uh, so I, 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 this is the second game this week where I was very, very, very happy with the product. Now, I was happy, obviously, for the Boston game, but Boston played like dog doo-doo. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that I like the game in terms of an NBA fan, uh, Golden State last Saturday and then tonight's game. Uh, because it was it was both it was it was an entertaining game for the NBA and I thought I thought I think that's important to make note of it. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. One thing I do want to ask you, though, the concern, though, for the Lakers as we get closer to the trade deadline and, you know, the trades that are out there, the mock trades, Isabel, uh, Laker Tom, we're getting a whole bunch of people out there saying their thoughts on who we should trade for. Obviously, that increases with the prospect of what is going to happen with with Jared Vanderbilt, my friend, because I don't know if you heard that uh, Woj had a report that it is most likely leaning towards a serious injury for Vando that he will probably be out the rest of the season could be out a little bit longer than that leading into training camp and the seat. And as far as the, the next season beyond it, as far as the first part of that, we do know, we do not know how serious it is, but they're already talking like he's done for the season, Joe. In, into training camp. What the hell happened to his foot? Did he, did Chris Mim transfer his foot there or like could what? be a what list frank injury like z was uh speculating could be something of the nature of an achilles we don't know yet we don't know the extent of how bad it is but they are already counting like he's out for the season so i'm hoping i'm wrong on that but it does when Woj goes on the air that it's looking more like that in direction i think that it is uh, something that we're looking at 
Yeah, unfortunately, that's there's nothing we can do now about that. Uh, the Lakers are going to have to somehow figure out how to get talent on this team without sending out any talent. Uh, we're at a time now where you can't trade Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. Uh, those are the two mainstays at this point. Rui, I would say if the right package came along, I think I would be willing to do that. Because they aren't going to play him, Joe. He started tonight and only got 19 minutes. Again, I, again it's 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 it's. I'm looking at it from a, a, a an asset as aspect. It's it's the asset. If you can get him, if you can, if you have to trade him for someone who might be maybe a slight bit better, then do it. But you can't drop the first round pick either. That's the thing. So you'd have to do some kind of a deal where there's a three-team uh, deal and 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 Rui's sent out and then the third team sends out some kind of uh, draft package for you to help you. Uh, and then, of course, the team that has the player we want sends that player to L.A. The, the buyout market, I agree with Stone when we were on playback. I don't – and I'm not really – again, I'm not big on that either anyways – I don't think there's any there's going to be any play, uh, or I should say, buyout player that's going to make a difference. And if that that's the case, they probably would go to a team that's a little bit higher up in the standings. Yeah, continuity at this point might be the safer route. At least you have these guys that have played together the whole year. Uh, Cam Cam Reddish, if he can come back, maybe he can give us a little bit of what Vando was giving us. Uh, we can't ask for much. Uh, and that's that's where they're at. That the Lakers are going to need a little bit of a miracle here, health-wise, and possibly uh, a path in the playoffs. Should they go that, you know, should they stay in, on that path, where maybe they avoid certain teams and certain upsets happen on the way up there. That's probably the only thing we can hope for at this point. It's just it's just going to be very very hard to get any talent in here without giving up talent and. The Lakers don't have that kind of depth at this point. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Truly appreciate it. Please make sure you like and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break podcast. The Lakers do win 105 to 98. As we always say, Joe, with this season, one step forward, two steps back. The thing is, They've got two steps forward now with great victories in Boston and New York. They've got to follow it up with the game that's supposedly the easiest on the schedule, and that is in Charlotte. Your thoughts on that, my friend, because yeah, this is definitely I, a Jamie Sweet special, Admiral Akbar special. And thank you, Eric. Again, truly very kind to you for the Super Chat. I don't – I would be in shock, even though the Lakers have been known to – Flub San Antonio. I just don't. I don't see them losing to Charlotte. Charlotte's terrible. We say these things, and then they end up yeah, doing. Charlotte's really bad. I just <laughs> I don't... can't see it. If it happens, it happens. But I can't see it at this moment. I just can't. Okay. Okay. I can't. Uh, okay. um, the 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 focus should be play hard for three quarters, and then make sure you have a twenty five point lead going to the fourth, so that. AD and LeBron can sit and get ready to go on a flight back home so they'll get ready for Denver. Uh, I'm, I'm, that's that's my my thinking on that. I just I just can't imagine them doing all this and then losing to Charlotte. 
Uh, but terrible. the season's been like that, Joe. Yeah, yeah. It's you're right, but I, I I'm not getting that feeling okay. at the moment, and that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Okay. Because you know, again, this is the Admiral Akbar special coming up here. As far as the trap, I think game. we already had the Admiral Akbar special with the Spurs, and I don't, I don't, I don't. You don't see those kind of losses usually more than once. Those really bad ones. Okay, it's usually one. If it's the second one, then fine. But it would be a, it would seriously be a kick to the face at that at that point. <laughs> Because you get a chance to go up two games above 500 before you have to face Denver, and you know Denver, you know you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta beat Denver here, guys. I'm getting kind of a little tired of losing to Denver too. So you gotta beat Charlotte, and you gotta beat Denver. It's time. It's time to beat Denver. I think you're equipped to do that at this point. Once again, the Lakers do win 105 to 98. I'm checking out as far as the last, uh, excuse me, the after game press conference and the quotes. Darvin Ham said he's hoping to stick with the starting group from tonight. That's definitely the plan. So your thoughts, Torian Prince out of the starting lineup, Rui Hashimura in, although just, again, if you just basically mirrors what they've been doing, Rui Hashimura still playing only 19, 20 minutes. Torian Prince playing 30 plus minutes again. It's just that he's coming off the bench. Your thoughts on exactly was it a good move or not good move by Darvin Ham in putting Rui into the starting lineup? Uh, whether it's a good tonight, it was a good idea. It might be a bad idea in the next game. The the the, the talent between those two is too inconsistent to say. Well, this guy needs to play more versus this guy. It's just not, it's not ever going to be that. Uh, Torian Prince was playing uh, Brunson very well. One of, one of our, 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 our great viewers here had mentioned that, and that, that is true. Uh, that, 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 that's a lot of the reasons why probably uh, D'Angelo Russell wasn't put back in. I thought he had a pretty good game too. He didn't shoot as well, but his, his presence puts fear in the other team. Sometimes that's a lot that, 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 that does a lot, but uh, it was the right call sticking with Prince, making sure that he could uh, at least distract Brunson. And he did. And then Anthony Davis was the, the human mop tonight, just yes. mopping everybody up, which was beautiful. So I, I could tell he was focusing more on that. So obviously that might've been a reason why he was uh, only got 12 points. In and I don't believe if he wasn't doing that, this would have been a loss. Yeah, because they so are such took, a good rebounding team. The he took time. the initiative. He said, I'm going to play like Bill Russell tonight. You guys do the scoring. I'm going to make sure that there's nothing that comes through here. And, man, he was phenomenal tonight. I, uh, barring, uh, barring an injury, I, I, you, you better get that Defensive Player of the Year award ready because that, that, that guy deserves it. No, that guy should have it. He's the best defender on the planet. And that's just, there's no argument in any way. And I, you can call me a Laker homer or an AD homer. I don't give a damn. That guy is the baddest defender on the planet. And there's nothing you can do to change my mind. Absolutely. Great performance from him tonight on the defensive end. How about that play when he blocked not one, but two block shots right back to back at the rim? Absolutely stunning 
play by him, but it looked like it could have been an easy layup for both for both Knicks. It, it, that block, those block shots are memory slappers for the other team, and it became a problem, which is why they couldn't score. They couldn't score for almost six minutes in the fourth because when they had a chance to get into the paint and maybe get an easy bucket, they were scared. They were scared because AD was just on them like flies on, you know what? And it just, it, the entertainment value, even if this wasn't a Laker team was, was at its, at its peak tonight. That's what I like to see. I like to see greatness. I like to see domination. And we saw domination from Anthony Davis, the, the full arsenal in terms of his de- defensive prowess. Uh, it's, 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 this is the stuff. This is the kind of game and performance that makes you want to come back and watch. This is why we watch, at least for me. And the win obviously helps. But even if they hadn't won, yes, we would be disappointed. Yes, we'd probably be a little more negative tonight. But this was a great game. This was a great game for the NBA, great game by the Lakers and the Knicks. Uh, the crowd played its part as well. Mike Breen did his thing as well, like he always does. And we, we, we if we're going to criticize certain things, we also got to give props when it's good. And tonight was a good night. Tonight was definitely a good night indeed, as the Lakers do win 105-98. to 98. Thanks again so much to Eric the Raids for the kind and generous super chat. Truly appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Great win again, he says, and absolutely back-to-back great wins for the Lakers. What do you hope that the Lakers can come out of this with such momentum coming off of two great victories like this? What do you think it can do for this team going forward, Joe? Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting five days. Uh, I don't know if their emotion can truly be set until the trade deadline is done because the – Losing Vandom did change the deadline need. It, it, it is. Rob is going to be trying to do something here. And what's going to need to happen is he, he's he's going to probably have to wait for maybe specific players that, that he could probably get. Uh, the one I'm hearing right now is Tyus Jones for second-round picks. While Tyus Jones isn't a giant game changer. He's still someone who could play backup guard considering I I think Gabe Vincent's done for the year as well. And even if he's not done officially, he's, he's not going to likely be of any use not playing for the whole year, at least for, you know, it's just not, he hasn't really played all year. He's the, he's the Miami, Miami acquisition 2.0. And uh, I would, if we could get rid of him this summer for a bag of flaming hot Cheetos, I'd do it in a second. Uh, but I'd see, I'd say that kind of deal would probably happen at the last hour of the deadline because Washington's going to try to see if they can get a better deal. But if they don't, then they can fall back on that. And I'm using Washington as uh, as the first uh, possible partner because Washington's had a habit of doing uh, good trades with the Lakers. Uh, and I say good loosely. I mean they've gotten the upper hand on that by getting rid of Westbrook and, and them getting, uh, you know, let's say Kyle Kuzma and being able to, you know, do whatever they do that they do, which is unfortunately doesn't manifest the wins, but that would be something I think at last resort, that might be the way to go get a, 
a, a, a legitimate backup uh, guard like Tyus Jones, who does have some talent and not have to give up any player assets. Um, we're not going to get DeJounte Murray for Rui at a first-round pick. So I don't think I'll, we need to think about that. If there's something else that comes about, sure. Look what happened to Zach Levine. He's officially out for the year now. So whomever was thinking about getting that, my boy, did they dodge a bullet when that announcement came out? That would have been disastrous. Did we not call it, Joe? Did we not call it when a lot of people were asking for the Lakers to trade for yeah, Levine? Yeah, but those people who asked for that are not thinking. that they, they think this is the NBA in 1995. It's not possible folks there are collective bargaining agreement deals that can't go through because of it and unless you traded half your roster for it practically there's no it's not very realistic despite his injury history or whatever uh, I would say if the Lakers are to make a run the rest of the year you pick up whatever you can pick up with some of the second round picks you can get and if you can get a buyout player for depth depth purposes and might be someone of some value sure pick them up i don't know if that's going to matter much but that's essentially what i see happening here and that in turn will then be able to focus and they'll be able to focus on finishing this out they won't have to worry about are we going to be doing a trade are we not going to be doing a trade are we hitting our momentum the momentum I believe will be after Tuesday, after Tuesday. I believe they'll finish this road trip with a win in Charlotte. I don't know what's going to happen against Denver or New Orleans, but I think once the tread deadline is done, they know that they're not going to be able to get any reinforcements again after that, should they get it or not. And then at that point, they're going full throttle. This is who we are. This is what we have. Let's, let's, let's try to go after it. Once again, the Lakers do win 105-98. to 98. I do want to make mention, Joe, to clarify on the first-round picks that the Lakers have. They can trade, according to Bobby Marks at ESPN, the 29 or the 2030 first-round pick. Either it's not, it's not both. You can do, choose one and trade that. Most teams will just say, hey, that's the, just the 29. So in essence... Uh, most people would just, you know, most teams would just say, get, take the 29. So want to make sure that's clarified. Plus, of course, they do have the restrictions based still off of the residuals from the Anthony Davis trade. So again, heading into next week, the Lakers realistically have only one first round draft pick to go ahead and utilize in a trade. I'm still saying, I don't think you could do a whole lot. I don't want to mortgage whatever future there is left for the Lakers as far as assets for somebody that's just not going to move the needle a farther than what you can do with the team you have. But after the Jared Vanderbilt injury, I'm sure the impetus now is on Rob to do something to go ahead and shore up the rotation a little bit more. I thought his rotations tonight were some of his best rotations, but that's only predicated on the performance of T uh, uh, Torian Prince and Max Christie. But usually yeah. those guys are not playing that well. They did play well tonight so that that balance is 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 not they no. have to be consistent Joe. they can't uh, gerald these are not cons these are role players and then a lot of the and the lower end role players they're not going to play this good game in and game out a a austin reeves is a high-end role player 
DeAndre Russell is a high-end role player. These are the guys that can go two, three, a month uh, playing their roles and being effective. Toy and Prince, Max Christie, they're going to have duds every other game. Maybe they might have two games in a row, but then they'll have a dud. And that's that's what they are. I just, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm going to depend on Torian and Prince to guard the Jalen Brunsons of the world the way he did tonight and hit the corner three in a consistent form. You saw there was too much fumbling in key parts of the game. Luckily, they were able to make up for it on the defensive end, but imagine if they hadn't. And there was three major turnovers by Max Christie and Torian Prince that could have been bad. It could have cost them the game. And those, if you do that kind of stuff to a Denver team or a um, or a Minnesota team, those guys with that kind of talent will make you pay. And it's it's just it, he's gonna have to adjust as time is going. You know, if he sees stuff that's not working, adjust, call timeout. You know, put another guy in. I don't know. It, the issue with Darvin M is. He's not very quick to the draw when he probably should be. And uh, we need him to, to kind of improve there. Otherwise, these these type of mistakes could be costly when it matters. Uh, I want to mention uh, Stanley Johnson. I know that you guys keep on mentioning him in the past, like, 40-hour hours. He's, like, sprung up out of nowhere. Uh, he's been playing in the G League uh, for this season. He's played 14 games, averaging 24 minutes, uh, 12 points. But he has been shooting better from behind the arc. It's about 45% now from behind the arc, which doesn't always translate to the next level. But just wanted to make mention of what he's doing. Uh, I don't know what this stage of his career, if he can still give you anything uh, at all. So I don't feel a whole lot of confidence if that's who you're relying on to come back and help the Lakers. Your thoughts on Stanley Johnson? I think you said the other day about your thoughts on Stanley, but... His name has popped up on on our and also I see Empire Jeff's chat and others in regards to Stanley Johnson. Uh, I don't have the highest of hopes if Stanley Johnson joins the team. Stanley Johnson is a bust. So. If he can shoot forty five percent, that's different. But he never's been able to shoot from the outside consistently. That's why he's out was out of the league, or that's why he is out of the league. No, um, I don't know why that name keeps coming up. He's a bust. Uh, six he seven be, six he, eight. He might be worse than Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's pretty bad. So no. And, and Gordon Hayward's going to be a wanted commodity if he decides. I don't to know go why anybody would want Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward can't move. If he can't move, how the hell is he going to shoot? How's he going to get any elevation on his shot, which is what he's been known for in his career when he was good? He can't. It, it, don't get walking corpses. We don't need walking corpses, and we don't need busts. Lakers need talent. If you can get talent, get it. If not. Stick with what you got, keep the chemistry tight, and let's 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 see if you can make a run here. That's it. There isn't. I mean, the only one that I would be willing to uh, uh, consider is is if for some reason Golden State buys out Chris Paul. If you can get Chris Paul as a backup point guard for a buyout number, uh, I would I would be okay with that. I, he, he's got veteran leadership. He might still be able to do uh, some good at the at the, at the mid range and. He can back up, you know, he can be a good backup point guard for 15 minutes a game. Other than that, I just don't see any buyout players that are going to matter and not definitely not any G-leaguers that can come out of nowhere. That uh, Unfortunately, the one G-leaguer that played this year, you decide not to draft him and 
we will we're seeing the, the the results of that. Yes, Cam Whitmore. That's dominated. the guy you needed. That guy could have covered so much ground for this team. It's yes, I'm gonna keep mentioning it because that that's a gut punch and a kick in the face at the same time. I haven't said anything on Hayward, but Rodell, you're saying you guys, you guys, stop putting that blanket over us. He said about Hayward. I haven't said anything about Hayward, Joe. And yet it's, again, Rodell's throwing that blanket. Stop that. That's a bad habit, Rodell. Stop I think Rodell, I think Rodell wants to hear what he wants to hear. Yes. And then he imagines what he wants to say instead of retorts to what's actually being said. So, Rodell, you need to start focusing on comprehension. Don't throw that blanket. No, no. Okay, we we don't, don't look. I don't. I don't wrap myself with you know, with a blanket with Gerald. That's not my style. Uh, so we need to get out of this blanket business. And, and, and to give you an idea, what he's doing for Charlotte, who's not exactly the best team in the NBA right now, fourteen and a half points, four rebounds, four assists. 46% overall, 36% from three. Not outstanding by any stretch of the imagination. Just like, eh, it's like there. That's for Charlotte. And if you want him to go ahead and play for a better team like the Lakers, you're not going to get the same kind of results there. It's been doing okay. It's nothing great. Those those numbers right there don't suggest anything really promising. But, you know, he will be a buyout candidate. I'm pretty sure of that because he's probably not – not going to be able to get traded here in the next few days, but there you go. Darren said, Gerald mentioned Murray first, but won't stand that ground since he has an exit strategy. Again, I just said, Murray, he checks some of the boxes for the Lakers, but he's not a cure-all. You guys are looking for a cure-all. You guys and gals out there want a cure-all that's going to transform this team into an upper echelon team overnight. And Murray is a good player. He's not a great player. He's not a player that, you guys are going to go ahead and say, yeah, he's going to change the dynamic of the team. You might want to say that, but it's just not going to happen unless there are other players you trade alongside with him. I always said packaged him with Capella. If you get Bogdanovich on there, but the numbers just don't jive with that. Plus I'm sure Atlanta wants more than one first round pick for DeJounte Murray, Joe. Well, I heard that Minnesota was sending four second round picks to Washington for Tyus Jones, irony there's hilarious considering they had him. Uh, and they said no, apparently. They want first rounds picks. So even that might not be a possibility. Good point, Kurt. I'll say certain individuals want a cure-all. How about that? That's much better. Okay. Thank you. Touche. Touche on that one. Yeah, he got me on that one. Actually, touche. Touche for you. Uh, Rodell says the, we should we should end the show now. All right, guys. There you go. <laughs> Kurt, I'm telling you, man, you got to be on the show, Kurt. We'd love to have you here. Look, I just uh, for someone who is humble like I am, I just prefer to blame everyone. Of but course, myself. so shy, so introverted. Yeah, I, I prefer the humbleness creates the message that it's everyone else's fault but mine, and it's a very good fault philosophy when you're when you're in the position I'm in. Raul's uh, roasting a pig. He's getting it ready right now to celebrate the Lakers win. Truly appreciate you doing that. Absolutely. Got the bacon and the the ham cooking there. Absolutely. I cannot uh, wait for that. Obviously, I'll just say that that's just something that a lot of people out there uh, would love to have some bacon right now. Absolutely. Tasty indeed. But 
Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 105 to 98. Cool bro says, Gerald, you and Joe, can can you say your five favorite? Not right now, cool bro. Sometime down the road, we will. Okay, but we got to go ahead and focus in on the game with all due respect, my friend. But yes, uh, definitely want to go ahead and focus in on the game with the Lakers do winning 105 to 98. We will get back to your five favorite lines, cool bro. But let me ask you this, Joe, when it comes right down to it with the Lakers, now with an opportunity to hopefully gain some ground, you know, teams are not playing well in certain spots right around where the Lakers are at in the Western Conference. They're still ninth place in Western Conference, but if they have a good week, Joe, they could find themselves back in the mix in the Western Conference. Yeah, it, it's – I don't know. what What is the longest winning streak this year from an NBA team? From an NBA team? Is it eight? No, because the Knicks stopped at nine. This oh, nine. Been, okay, so yeah. is the Knicks. Okay, so I don't, I don't know. The Lakers would have to go on a six-seven game winning streak to probably start threatening the top six seeds, mm-hmm. and it would help. They get some assistance. The fact that they're playing, let's say, New Orleans, they're only a game back at Dallas. Well, actually, technically, it's two losses. And then they're 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 down four losses against the Pelicans. Those are those are big numbers, at least four, five, and six. It's hard if, if you're gonna can continue to play two wins, one loss, two wins, one loss. They're only three games out of sixth place at this point in time behind Phoenix. Uh life collection. Can I do a better job than than Darvin Ham? That's an interesting question. Uh I don't know if I don't know if my personality would have been a would have been good now. Maybe in the nineties, in the eighties. I don't think I would have had the patience to to coach NBA players. I probably would have coached college. I probably would have went to a good program and and coached in college. NBA players are just a pain in the ass. So especially nowadays. So if I had to say would I do a better job than Darvin Ham? Uh, that, that that's it's, it would depend on a few things. Uh, if I had a star that could, you know, eat my like, let's say they they were able to eat a lot of my uh, concerns loudly, kind of like Popovich with Tim Duncan type thing, uh, then everyone would fall in line on the team, and then at that point it might be easy. But I would have needed someone like a Tim Duncan in this era to be able to chastise in front of the group and everyone fall in line because Tim Duncan was one of those guys that truly believed he was part of the, the group. He didn't have a large enough ego to say, Hey, you can't talk to me like that. You know? And if, of course, if he did, then I don't believe Popovich would have been as great as he was. Again, there's a lot of really, really good coaches out there, but you still need that star to, to, to eat the words in the right way. Otherwise the rest of the group won't buy into it. Once again, the Lakers do win 113 to 105. 113 to 105. The Lakers uh, now, again, 26 to 25 on the season, ninth place in the Western Conference. Like I was talking about, three games out of sixth place in the Western Conference with a 113 105 victory. I do want to ask you, though, Joe, tonight it wasn't a pretty performance from our backcourt uh, with Austin Reeves, six of 13 with that brand new haircut we talked about on playback. I did, you were not there for that, but yes, first thing we noticed, uh, DeAngelo Russell, five of 14, but 
pretty solid 38 points, 11 assists combined out of the backcourt. Wasn't the best shooting night from both, but they did just enough on both ends of the floor, especially Austin Reeves, to get the job done in a rare, decent defensive performance on his part because they were going at him quite a bit. I thought I thought Austin Reeves was very efficient tonight. Uh, yeah, he might have even had a better game than the Boston game. Uh, just from his, he played thirty nine minutes. Man, has he has he played thirty nine minutes before? Uh, Reeves yeah, in regulation. In regulation, I'm not sure about that. I, 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 I just I know the Golden State game he played over four. Yeah, he he was he was pretty. I was very impressed with how he played the game tonight and. He hit he hit fifty percent from three. He hit almost fifty percent from the field. Made all 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 eight almost all eight of his free throws. He went seven of eight, and he had he was finding people. Heck, he even had two blocks. <laughs> I, I think it was a as as much of a Scottie Pippen type game that Austin could have as as you could see. It was I was very very impressed with his game tonight. I thought. Playing a rough and tough type team here, you know, Austin's been struggling on defense since the summer, but he held his own tonight, and I was uh, was very very impressed with his game tonight, and it played a big part in the win. It's something that's good to see that this backcourt once again they've been all over the place this season, Joe. You know, coming off the playoffs, or they did play well together at times. They had not really meshed, even though they they do like playing with each other. They had not meshed at all the first part of the season. One was out of the lineup on on the bench. Then the other one was out of the lineup and on the bench. Now they're both back to where they were at starting. And they seem to be making a statement to the Lakers to not consider them for any trades and to try and see if they will work this thing out. Your thoughts, though, are you still thinking about them in trades or are you looking to see, like you mentioned earlier, that the Lakers should probably keep D'Lo and Austin Reeves for the rest of the season? I would keep them. The only way you trade those guys is if it's a bona fide third star that would carry the team as, as good as AD and LeBron, which there are no players out there like that. Your, your, your team is what it is, and the league has set up this lousy setup for this moment to not have anything good happen in, in the dread deadlines anymore or or during the off seasons when free agency starts just mind-boggling to me i know i keep bringing it up but there was so much so much excitement for the deadline in, in, the, in the past I, I have no excitement this year at all because i've looked at the list it's trash it's trash there's nothing what what miracle could happen where there's a significant trade during during the deadline Something that would be of significance for the team that's getting a player. Who? Is Jimmy Butler going to get traded somewhere? Because Miami sees that there, there's time. This time it's not going to be the, the fairy tale run to the finals again. That would be maybe the only surprise. Do you consider Jimmy Butler a star still? Or is he, has he lost a step? I think he's lost a step. I, I just, not only, yeah. I think he just cruises a lot in the in the regular season. I want to see him in a playoff run, which again. is which is a, which a, which is an insult and unprofessional, in my book. And you guys know him, but I'm you pretty, know he's playoff Jimmy. Yeah, I don't care if he's playoff Jimmy. I I, I think uh, at some point, you're if you're not going to want to play, I'm sorry guys, I got to keep this real here. 
you're not going to want to play during the regular season, then I think you should take a pay cut because this is the point. The point is you're putting your, your team in a, in, a, in a situation where they're going to barely get in the playoffs and then you make this run or whatever for what? So that you can get spanked by the West? What's the goal here? This is Pat Riley. Pat Riley wins championships. He doesn't just go to the finals, or at least that's not what the goal is. So at some point, you have to decide on what what's next. I don't look at finals appearances as a badge of honor, okay? You go home the same way the team that was in the first round goes home, with nothing, okay? I don't consider conference trophies anything. They mean nothing to me. It's about the Larry O'Brien trophy. And the banner in the in the rafters that says world champions. So Miami's gonna have to decide on whether they might want to start retooling for something else. That would be the only star that I would say could be a possibility in a trade that could go to a team that would maybe need that one guy to to make a difference. Once again, the Lakers do win 113 to 105. The Lakers are now 26 and 25 on the season. Uh, truly great to have you here. Don't forget, 10 p.m., end your evening with a nightcap with Joe Sorrell. Looking forward to hearing what he has to say on the game, plus uh, his thoughts on, on what's going on in the NBA and more. I know that uh, the Golden State game was of uh, great interest to a lot of people out there. Steph Curry scoring 60 tonight and unfortunately still losing, which tells you where we're at right now with their defense. But when it comes right down to it, the Lakers – are the team that Joe, I still think that, that they shouldn't make any drastic moves because if they do, I just think it's going to come back and bite them. They should go with pretty much essentially the team that they have maybe alongside the fringes. is okay. But yeah, I just, I just don't think that you go and read too much into the tea leaves and be able to go ahead and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and make drastic changes now. Like we did last year. I just don't, they don't have, the same amount of assets to make the big changes everybody's asking for. Uh, last year was a completely different scenario than now. Last year, they needed to get rid of a player who was killing their team and killing their chances of going to the playoffs, and they improved. Here, they have a set team already. They need additions to this team, not take out guys that have actually been playing well lately and then try and get someone that might make a difference. DeJounte Murray, let's say, as good as he is, isn't going to take your team from uh, a ninth seed to a two seed in the next two months. And, and, and it's just not going to happen. So what's the point? DeJounte Murray is going to be some kind of playoff stud? What happens to your depth? They're not going to just want Reeves and a first-round pick. They're going to want Reeves, somebody else, and a first-round pick, or a three-team deal where they can get another – draft pick because they gave up three to get him. I think Atlanta keeps DeJounte Murray. I don't have any basis on that. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. I don't think they get rid of him. They don't have to get rid of him. Why would they want to get rid of him? Unless they get a haul. That that makes sense. Maybe another getting back the three first round picks. Who's going to give three first round picks for Murray? I wouldn't do that. I'm, I'm contemplating even giving them two, especially if you're a team that's not really going to benefit from just having a him, you know, would Minnesota do it? Maybe that would help them. Uh, the two, 
They're too clogged in that area. Small forward, too many guys that are offensive-minded players. I don't think that's going to work either. So where would he go that would make a difference, that would win a title? Philadelphia right now, Philly with Embiid. What if Embiid doesn't come back healthy? Uh, Oklahoma City, they already have young guys that are playing those positions. Why would they want another guy in there? It's At some point, you got to give these, you know, guys have to play, okay? You know, having 10 guys can sometimes be a detriment because now you're, you're not playing guys that have talent regularly. A rhythm gets thrown off. They get disgruntled. You have to be careful. You really need six to seven really good players on a, on a title contender. Two superstars, hopefully, and then the rest are really, really good players. And if you can get lucky with an eight, nine guy that can on occasion come in and do his thing, sure, I'll, I'll roll with that. I mean, let's look at Jackson Hayes the last two nights. Went three for three off from the field, hit four or five from the free throw line, scored 10 points, played 13 minutes. That is exactly what you want from your backup center. Exactly. You get that kind of performance from your backup center, you don't have to worry about that. And is it any any coincidence that because Jackson Hayes was able to do that, guess what? You had a fresh AD in the fourth quarter. See, guys, see how it works when people pull their weight? We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, the Lakers do win 113-105. to 105. Uh, Joe, uh, I'm going to ask you this. <laughs> Rodell's uh, favorite player, Cam Whitmore. Uh, I think he said something of the fact that, you know, uh, that's what a young player does as far as being inconsistent, as we were talking about Max Christie, because, you know, we need to see him put it together for more than just one game every 10 games. I'm sure Cat, Cam Whitmore isn't averaging 20 points a game. You have to let young players make mistakes, especially on a 500 team. Before you answer, Joe, I'm going to say this. For Cam Whitmore, the last five games, 25 points, 17 points, 20 points, 19 points, 24 points. That's pretty damn good for a guy that's coming off the bench as a rookie. How about how about Max Christie? This is the best game he's played all season coming off the bench. In a league where you're on or above the cap, it's important if you can get a player that has $20 million type game and getting him for um, $3 million. You got a guy averaging 20 points plus a game that's making $3 million. 
a guy that has athleticism that can jump out the building on top of that. Rodell says Cam Whitmore wouldn't get playing time on the Lakers. Rodell. If Cam Regis get, got, has done, gotten when you're, when you're done sniffing whatever glue you're sniffing when you post. <laughs> we talked about cocaine come earlier. Back, come back and then talk. That's an <laughs> asinine analysis. That's an asinine idea. Cam Whitmore would be playing 25 minutes a game if he was a Laker. You probably wouldn't see Max Christie. As you know, I'm trying not trying to dog on on Max Christie, but you're not even, you don't have ever, you don't understand at this point. Either you're not understanding. I'm trying to put it lightly here. Cam Whitmore was the fourth best player in the draft that dropped to the early 20s. That does not happen in the NBA. It never happens. He just called Darvin Ham. Just called Cam Whitmore a young superstar. He is a superstar in the making. If he does not get injured, he will be a star. He will be that guy. He will be. Now, the other thing that could take him out is his arrogance, maybe, or his ego. But as far as his talent, you have to risk at 17 to pick somebody like that. Too much talent there. Way too much talent. So that's I'm going to leave it at that because if I if I keep talking about this, we're going to get skewed off the, the, the point of the Fair game enough, today. fair enough. I just want to let over. you know. It's over. They screwed that one up. No matter how much we screamed it, we screamed at this one. It, it didn't matter. Um, when it comes to the Lakers, though, heading into the game in Charlotte, Charlotte, I understand, my friend, that they should win, but we've seen this situation before. As I said, I'm not the most confident about that because the Lakers seem to, you know, they they let their foot off the gas pedal, just like the Boston Celtics we saw the other night didn't take the Lakers seriously without LeBron AD. Will the Lakers take it more seriously to end the road trip? A tired team, Joe, ending in Charlotte. Uh, I I have a good feeling they're not going to lose this game. They'll they'll win it, and they'll come back four two, and it'll be a one of the more successful six. I, I wouldn't have imagined this after the Houston Atlanta games, but. They, they come out of this being very satisfied going forward, too. And that, that that's something that's important. It'd be nice to get two games over 500, too. That would be another win. I don't remember the last time we were up over two. Then you get some rest. You fly back home. And you guys are going to be home for a while. That's the that's just, This is where the, the, this, the schedule starts to favor you. The Pacific time zone. The Pacific time about. zone. The Lakers are not going to leave the Pacific time zone for a month. That is huge, guys. That means their sleeping habits aren't going to change due to a time zone issue. Uh, you're going to be playing a lot of games at home. This is where you take advantage and start getting those five, six, seven game winning streaks if you can, or at least one of them. And that's what I would tell the team. Like, look, if you beat Charlotte, you're, we're up two games in the in the in the in this. You're up two games over 500. And you're feeling pretty darn good, good about yourself coming out of the Grammy trip. And now you're going to be at home for a very long time. You're going to be on the left side for a very long time. This is when you make up a lot of ground. You got to make up the ground here. If you don't make up the ground here and try and get a five or six seed at this point, then you're putting yourself in a position to not be successful beyond the first round if you're a playing team again. 
And that's what Life Collection was asking. Are we back? And I've said, I got to see more. It takes more than just two games or three and five, uh, three, three wins in five games for the Lakers to really get to that point where we could say they're back. You know where, you know when you're going to, you know when's the best time to ask that question when 82 games is done? Are they back? What does that mean? Well, I don't trust this Laker team in the regular season. I'll trust them more in the playoffs because they'll be focused. They'll game plan around one team. And last year, they were able to have some significant series wins because of it. I don't trust this team in the regular season. I never will. It's just not in the cards. Um, But the Lakers, if LeBron and AD are not burnt out in the playoffs, you're looking at, you're always looking at a chance because AD and LeBron are on the team. And if, if, uh, if D'Angelo plays the way he's been playing lately in the playoffs, that could be a scary opponent for certain teams. Could be. You could be right on that one. Absolutely. Uh, once again, the Lakers do win 113-105. to 105. Uh, Again, we, we look at the situation now with the Lakers. They're in catch-up mode once again, Joe. So that means no rest for LeBron, no rest for AD. Again, this this is very similar to what we saw last season heading into the trade deadline where the Lakers now have to play catch-up once again just to get to the point where, you know what, we're we're seeing if they could have make some headway in the playoffs. I think this season, though, I think what they're doing this season is going to be a little bit harder than what we saw last season as far as that uphill climb, Joe. Yeah, because LeBron's a year older and AD's a year older. However, Austin's more seasoned right now so that's a good thing uh d'angelo has something to prove in two areas which is one is prove to the team that he's a third option the other is he's trying to get a a multi-year contract this summer so there might be motivation there for him to play well uh rui i don't know how rui plays out in this in the playoffs if we can get rui from last year that'd be great uh torian prince is a hit and miss and then guys like Max Christie and uh, Jackson Hayes are going to have their little spurts, but I, I'm not going to put too much pressure on those guys to do something because they're not capable of being, you know, game by game, you know, game in and game out type players where they're dropping 15 and 15 points a game. The Lakers go as far as LeBron and AD go, uh, and that's just the way it's got to be. And in the playoffs, that's sometimes what matters is having those kind of players, but they're going to need to have some luck. They need to have some luck in who, how how the playoff bracket draws out. If they avoid Denver at the right time and Denver ends up having an injury where they're not as potent, that could be a benefit. I'm not really scared of Minnesota. I'm not scared of Oklahoma City. So it, it could play into an interesting run. It could play into an interesting run. And uh, watching them play the Celtics, Celtics seem to look like the Celtics when it matters, uh, which is – they, they can't figure things out when it matters a lot of times. So I'm not worried about them. Philly has an issue with Embiid, and then you have Milwaukee that's still having some issues there. So the Lakers, <laughs> uh, I still don't think they're going to win a championship, but this thing is slowly kind of getting to a point where it might be as wide open as it's ever been. And I, th- I said that last year to some degree until, the, until Denver – won the third game in the series. I'm like, no, I don't think anybody's going to beat Denver. And 
they ended up winning five of the next six games to finish and win the title. Again, we'll take a look and see what's going to go on later tonight with Joe Soro and the Lakers nightcap coming up in less than an hour at 10 p.m. Pacific. So join Joe for that. Once again, the Lakers do win 113 to 105. Uh, definitely looking forward to hearing what he has to say for his show tonight. We'll go more into the movie thing, cool bro, just for you on the nightcap. Uh, right now, we'll keep it as far as Lakerish and NBA ish as they can. I will say, Joe, that tonight obviously gives the Lakers some confidence heading into what hopefully will be a closeout game in Charlotte. But I don't want to go in overconfident because once we start getting overconfident as a fan base, this team has let us down continuously this season. I want to make sure that we go in with their eyes open and ready for anything, especially if the Lakers can finish on a 4-2 and note. That would make it so much more pleasing heading into a tough game on Thursday against Denver. Uh, I can be overconfident because I'm not playing in the game. I don't have any consequence. It's the Lakers players that need to go into that game, understanding that they cannot lose this game. Otherwise, everything they've done on the road trip goes to garbage. Even even the three wins, you lose to Charlotte. You know, losing to Atlanta on the road, I've said this before, that always was a bad matchup. It just always was. Atlanta is always a bad time on the road. They always seem to lose that game, even when they were winning titles. The Houston loss was just a, a degrading loss because they it looked like they quit. I didn't like that. I mean, they almost they quit in the Atlanta game too. But the, the Houston one, they had a day a day off from the Golden State Warrior game, and I felt like they should have played better. But you lose to Charlotte, then the three wins that you had almost get washed yeah yeah and again the lakers have to go ahead and assert themselves like they did today especially on the defensive end when you see them play defense like this spirited with energy when you see them have energy like they did in back-to-back games against brooklyn and new york especially on the back half of a road trip that gives you kind of pause like maybe this team is not punting the season after all so if they go ahead and have that same kind of energy in Charlotte, there's no reason why they shouldn't win and win big on Monday. They were never really punting the season. They can't really do that. The noise about LeBron being traded were stupid. Whoever started that and actually read it was stupid. Rich Paul has stated that he will not be traded. Although, Joe... Well, let me ask you this, Joe, on top of it, because uh, uh, David Meneman had a story today on how LeBron will not comment on if he's going to opt into his option and the and the hourglass thing. I know you've been adamant in saying he will pick up that option, but why the mums the word on not picking up on the option? His, his lack my of interpretation. My interpretation of the hourglasses were running out of time this season, not I'm running out of time or Darvin Ham's time is running out of time. It was the time is running out on the season. That's what I believe it meant. But first of all, Jitty is not going to trade LeBron unless he demands it. Yeah. And LeBron has never demanded a trade. Until I see it, I'm not I'm going to say no. And he's not opting out of $51 million. Yeah. You can you can sit here and scream it out top of your lungs. No one, I don't care if they're a 
15 billion dollars in the bank no one opts out of 51 million unless there's an extension that follows you opt out and we're going to pay you two years 80 million okay i'll take that deal i'll take another 30 million for, to play one more year yeah i'll do that but i don't see i don't see i don't know about that one i don't know if that would be something genie does i don't know i don't know that could be, that was more possible than him opting out of 51 million and going on the free agent market who's going to pay lebron james 51 million dollars you tell me who the, the answer is no one even if they want him, they're not paying. They can't pay him fifty-one million dollars. So put your put your put your guys's smart hats on. Start focusing on the now. We said to you earlier, we are going to focus game to game. We're not going to be in. We're not going to get into fantasies. We're going to go get a prime Durant and a prime Giannis. Those things do not happen here. It's not going to happen. The Lakers are likely going to finish the season with what they have because the CBA doesn't allow them to improve anymore. No worries, cool bro. I just uh, again, it's just uh, something I want to focus on the uh, the game at hand. And yeah, no worries at all, cool bro. You're good. Everything's good. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win one thirteen to one hundred five. Joe, with the time that we're going to spend left here on the show, I was hoping you could go ahead. And talk a little bit about you know how encouraging the two games in Balt in Boston and also New York really make you as far as the Lakers fan. Again, I'm still kind of you know getting back into it with the Lakers and still fortunately still not not there yet. I'm not a hundred percent sure they're back in it. I know people are asking for them. Are they back in? Are they back in? Two wins should not be that definitive for you because again, every time we've seen them prosper they've taken those steps back that's why they're a 500 team or essentially they're in but how much of encouragement does victories in boston new york really give you for the rest of the season very encouraging because boston's a one seed and new york is on the rise and you went into their crib one of those games <laughs> without your two stars and you whooped their ass you didn't just beat them you whooped their ass that's fella encouraging which is why it's uh, very important that you finish this road trip in Charlotte with a win. Otherwise, you completely napalm those two games. If you do, if you do lose, can't can't afford to do that. I'm 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 very happy with the wins. Uh, winning makes you feel good, makes you feel inspired, makes you feel confident. Uh, winning is the only thing that matters, at least for me. Um, and that you know, winning can be subjective on what it does to you. For me, it gives it puts me in a position of being able to support uh, players who are getting paid a certain amount of money, players that are putting in certain amount of uh, work that 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 results in this. I don't like the fact that I've had to hear um, Halliburton was it Halliburton complaining about the sixty-five games having to play 65 games to be to qualify for awards. Yeah, a lot a lot of them are grumbling about that. So so whomever is grumbling about that, you you should you should here's here's my here's my my comment on that. I want you to go to your little uh 
agents and I want you to go talk to the player association head, whoever the hell that is, and go talk to Adam Silver at the same time and say, I want to take a pay cut because I don't want to play 82 games a year. I want to see you do that. You know what? You Because that would benefit the team. You want to play 65 games or 60 games? I want you to take your salary, prorate 22 games out of that salary. I want you to have the balls to do that. And then the team can go get somebody to cover your ass for 22 games. You going to do that? You going to do that? Huh? Mr. Team Halliburton? Huh? All I say is that the 65, I think it helps. I really like the fact that they should have been 70, just like Barkley said. It should be 70, yeah. not 65. I, 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 one of the few, one of the few things that, that have materialized this year that I, I, I love is the fact that they're griping about playing games. You freaking greedy a holes. What nerve you have? What kind of nerve is that? And where is, where this would be the time where Adam Silver could really lay the smackdown on his players. You guys have some nerve to complain about playing basketball, which you, which which in turn you're getting paid forty to fifty million a year to do. What are you gonna do when you're not playing? Playing grab ass with your butt? What do you do when you don't play? You're paid to play basketball. What are you complaining about? You want to get that supermax money, right? Because you got to make the all NBA teams. Oh, so you can make more money. So you're complaining there's too much stress to play this many games, but you still want your supermax money. Okay, can you the entitlement? The, the the gall. The gall. This is the stuff you want to hit these athletes with. Not whether they're going off on some stupid-ass club, hanging out with some yahoos. Who gives a crap about that? This is where the media can make their points, the schmucks that they are out there. Dog them for that because they can't answer back. They're going to go back in their hole because logic in that discussion will make them go into that hole. How do you have the gall and the nerve? to complain about playing basketball when you're asking for $50 million a year. You're insulting Will Chamberlain's grave. You're insulting Bill Russell's grave. You're insulting Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You're insulting Magic, Jordan, Bird. These guys, you couldn't hold these guys' fingernail clippings. And you guys are making 50 times the money that they were making when they were playing. kidding me i'll tell you what though something to think about i i, I like the 65 game rule i like i really do i absolutely. think absolutely absolutely yeah. it's a great rule yeah and i would have went to 70 i would have went to 70 but 65 is good too 65 is good too so put your shorts back up little girls and 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 and, and put your little jersey on you know and go do whatever it is that you do with your stupid hair you spend probably half the day freaking blow drying it and putting in a little curls and putting in a little band-aids and, and 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 rubber bands, whatever the hell it is that you do with that, and focus on playing a game that you're getting paid a hell of a lot of money to do. A hell of a lot. Yes. Go play basketball.
That's what you're paid to do. And if you don't want to play basketball, take your money and go put it, give it back to the owner then. If I was an owner, I'd be like, oh, oh, you want to play 60 games? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I can renegotiate that contract. Yeah, sure. And they'll be like, what? What are you talking about? I, no, no, no. I want, to, I want to keep my money. Well, then get your ass out in the court. The end of discussion. Again, uh, Michael Cooper. Jordan played 82 games nine times in his career. He played 15 years. One of those years was when he was with the Wizards, by the way, his last season. A 40-year-old Jordan played all 82 games. How about that? Oh, I my room setup might have been different, or my office setup might have been different, cool bro. That I don't know exactly. The stormtrooper poster, I have one over on the side that you no longer can see. So if you're talking about behind me, that's actually Master Chief of the Halo series. Uh, so I don't know. I'd have to check the old logs, but my first episode ever was with Boomer Parole, who I'm hoping I could get on here in about 40 some odd episodes because we're closing in on a thousand audio episodes. So definitely would love to have him back on the show for that. But once again, the Lakers do win 113 to 105. Joe, want to make sure you have plenty of time to go ahead and prepare for tonight's nightcap. I'm going to try and join you as well as soon as I upload this audio. But uh, any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Uh, congrats to the Lakers. I uh, thought they played as good as you could have played on the road in hostile environment, uh, especially off, a, off the emotion of beating a Celtics team in their own house without your two main stars. I thought they looked even better tonight. And please be prepared to, to finish this off the correct way by beating a massively inferior team, a team that's in the toilet, a team that shouldn't even exist. Uh, Yes, I am going there because Charlotte should never have gotten a second chance to have a team. They are pathetic. They have done nothing for the league. Sorry, Michael Jordan. You were an owner and you made money out of owning the team, but uh, the Charlotte Hornets should have never existed the second time. I think there were plenty of other places that the league could have gone to to make things more interesting than the monstrosity of the Charlotte Hornets in that, that region. Uh, actually, Isabel's asking, are you hopeful or not? No, I'm not hopeful. I'm just, I'm just gonna stick with my normal focus, and that's let's focus on each game, each game, and analyze and interpret what's going on off each game. Otherwise, we're gonna drive ourselves nuts. It's gonna be a lot easier to understand the, the process once the trade deadline's done because we'll know after the deadline what the roster will finally look like. So, Joe, what do you have planned for people tonight here in just about a little over half an hour here? Well, some, of, some, 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 I want, I want, I know some had complained on the last show that we were veering off that uh, Laker basketball. Folks, it, it, a nightcap is, 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 is Laker basketball. Don't be wrong, but we do have that casual. We do have that casual talk too. Uh, and, and sometimes I could, we could go all Lakers all the way. But sometimes we will get some casual talk, and the, the the show is evolving. It's it's going to evolve. There's going to be a different look to it as things progress here. So I want you all to understand that yes, it is primarily an, a Laker show, but we do delve into other things. And I want you guys to feel free to ask questions. Kubra obviously is is pretty comfortable asking about flowers and and and, and daisies and and, and movies. cocaine. And cocaine 
and we'll answer those questions. Uh, again, I, and I only answer those questions because uh, I've never done cocaine, never will. But uh, nor have I. But I do know that it's not good for you, especially exactly. if you're 15 years old. <laughs> Don't do cocaine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we had to educate him on that today. I feel real weird in educating someone on cocaine, but you know, it is what it is. Don't do coke. There you go. I'm sorry, Isabel. I'm not understanding the question. You said you. Stick I stick to, your... to my feelings. Yes. How, How do, do you, you rely, rely on them? them? Or why? Or why? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not understanding the question. But yes, definitely looking forward to that here in just about 40 minutes. It is Joe Sorrell's Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrell coming up here. Uh, yes, Eric says, you're not missing anything. Garbage cocaine <laughs> is bad. Okay, yes. I like that, that button at the end there, Eric. Okay. Yes. <laughs> South, very South Parkian that was. Okay. That's, that's my favorite part of South Park is the yes. okay, okay. 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 Um, I will say though that it is great to have you here. I truly appreciate the large audience for us today. Again, again, please make sure you like and subscribe. It really helps us out. I know it's. I keep saying it till I'm blue in the face, but. It really does help us out. We I see in all these forums, make sure you have the audience like and subscribe. It really does help out the algorithms. It gets us more into more other people's faces that aren't aware of us and hopefully gets our name out there. Because Joe, the, you know, we want to get this thing bigger, right? We absolutely want to get this thing a lot bigger than it is right now. Uh, we're averaging uh, 100 subscribers a month now, which soon will be 200, then 300. Uh, we're building it organically. We're not cheating. We're not having some firm find a bunch of uh, bots in Thailand just saying, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we want genuine people here. It's going to take a minute. Uh, and we'll get there and to with your help, of course, guys. And that's it. We're going we're gonna to do this one right. I, I want us to have a, a, a massive following and... Uh, I also want you guys to understand that there will be a lot of trolling and a lot of negative feedback. Uh, that's just kind of what personality we have here. It's not as as smooth as as some of the Laker channels out there that can stay within that positive feel or that easy, easy delivery of, of information. Um, I tend to disturb a lot of people because I tend to hit targets i should say hit nerves that hit targets uh people don't like to hear the truth even if it's not about them what happens is you can you can snuff out someone who's angry about something and by 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 their by their retort you know if i'm criticizing let's say i don't know um fred van fleet right and i'm pretty demonstrative with it You'll get a comment from someone who's not a Rockets fan or a Fred Van Fleet fan and say, who are you? Who do you think you are? Who you do? Da, 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 based off of what I called that player. Again, I'm not calling Fred Van. I'm just using that as an example. And then now I naturally assume that I might have been talking about you and you recognized it. Now that's on you. Because now you're starting to project. Now you're starting to, you got hit. You got hit. And now you feel like I'm attacking you. That's why you're commenting the way you are. 
So yeah, it's a lot of psychology in this, guys. And the beautiful thing about being me is I don't give a flying rat's behind in the end. Okay, I'm going to do what I do here. You got a problem with it? You are more than welcome to express it. But I don't give a damn. I don't get affected by it. Let's just put it that way. I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And you're all out of bubble gum. Rest in peace, Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper, yes. Great movie, They Live. Absolutely. There's one for you, cool bro. They Live. You're a god. Yes. (laughs) Do this one back to back right now or whenever you get a chance, cool bro. Okay. They Live, Big Trouble in Little China. Really fun movies. You'll like that. Come on, Wang. (laughs) Really fun movies. Funnier the older I got. Yes. Because you started getting the adult humor. But my whole adolescence, I never got the Wang part, right? Until I became (laughs) one of the more underrated. Yes, he is truly underrated. Kurt Russell. Man, what a what a performer. He's had a 60-year career. Pretty phenomenal actor. I would highly recommend Big Trouble Little China and definitely They Live. One of the best fight scenes in a movie is in that. And I'm I get I get a lot of I get a lot of laughs when I say that, but it, it was it was. It looked like a real fight. Like how it would go against two guys who don't really know how to fight, but they're fighting. Are we talking about the world's longest fight in They Live? Yes. 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 Uh there, there's some good stories. Uh what's his name? Who did the fight with um Roddy, Roddy. Yeah, Keith David. Oh, yeah, great voice. He's in Mass Effect. But I will say, yeah, Keith David talks always fondly about how he worked with Roddy on that and the just the stories. Making Roddy that carried him. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But yes, it's Big Trouble in Little China. Little China, not Middle China. Little China and also as well, they live. But We'll say if you can go ahead and join Joe tonight, I will hop on as soon as I can uh, as well uh, for the Lakers nightcap. Thought we close out your evening there. Uh, we will, cool bro, since it's going to be your first time around on the Lakers nightcap, we will touch on your favorite movie lines. So we'll go ahead and touch on that as well. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? I think I'm good. I think uh, I'm, I'm coming down a little bit on the euphoria of the game tonight and I'm going to go prepare my uh, nightcaps for the nightcap, and I'll see you guys in 34 minutes. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, and I will try to join as soon as I finish uploading this for our audio audience. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 113-105. I was saying 105-98 earlier. Absolutely not. It was 113-105. ESPN updates on my screen a lot slower than it should, but it is the Lakers winning 113-105. They are 26-25. and on the season, nine games out in ninth place, but they're only three games out of six. Now is the time for them to start to make a move up the Western Conference once again. Uh, Sean says, only negative to a Lakers win. No Joe Rant. No Joe Rant indeed. Xbox, truly appreciate I did, I did a little bit of a rant with the... With the, uh, the Cam player. Whitmore thing, yeah, he didn't no, no, want no, to the go. player participation thing. I thought that yeah. was a little bit of a rant. A little bit of a rant, a little bit. I wasn't loud. A little bit. It doesn't mean I have to be loud on the rants. It was a rant. Okay. I try, guys. I really do. I know a lot of you guys want this, and I try. Uh, I, I try to find it within 
the flow of the show so it doesn't look fabricated. But yes, I did do a rant. I would say that constitutes as a rant. We expect a rant win or loss. That's like uh, that's like Doobie who hates ham and wins and losses. It's like eating good steak every week, guys. You want to have steak maybe once every month or two. What if they lose? Her. What if they lose to Charlotte? If they lose to Charlotte, <laughs> that's so bad. I don't even know if I could do a rant. It'd just be depressing. Okay, just saying. <laughs> just saying. But once again, it is the Lakers fast. Break. I let, you gotta let the game come to you. You know, sometimes rants come out of nowhere. I do want to let everyone know the Lakerholics have a busy schedule again uh, and will not be here tomorrow. But I will have on a former Lakerholic, L. Rob is coming back on. He's going to talk about what's going on with the road series the grammy trip for the lakers and then also as well i asked him his thoughts on the lakers tread deadline and if they'll do anything or if he wants them to do anything so it'd be great to have on l rob as well maybe joe can join us as well it's going to be an early game it's going to be early show 3 p.m pacific just to let everyone know out there so definitely looking forward to hearing his thoughts and uh, hopefully yours as well but yep great to have you here and in 30 minutes it'll be joe soro nightcap Join Joe for a nightcap tonight here in about half an hour. Looking forward to it. I'll try to join as well since I'm finished with this audio. Looking forward to catching you up with you here in just a bit on Lakers Nightcap right here at the Lakers.